the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Hello and welcome back to episode 19 of the Potty Plotters podcast. I'm still Elaine. And I'm Julia. And we are still the The Potty Potty Plotters. Plotters. Well, this is a very special episode. This week, we headed off to the annual flower show at Chelsea in that there London town, which is down (laughs) south somewhere, isn't it, Elaine? It is. Evidently, I haven't got a clue where it all is, but I know it was a long way. But over the next uh, few minutes or so, you will hear what we got up to. And, um, well, we didn't actually meet the king, but nevertheless, it would have been nice. We got got, left out before. Yeah, we we? did. Yeah, yeah. They knew about you. But by crikey, wasn't there some fantastic things to see? It was amazing. We saw lots and lots down at Chelsea Land. Yeah, but everything was ginagorous, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't just big. It was huge. Well, I I rarely say this, but you were actually small in comparison. I was. And there were some fantastic flowers. I know that that's what Chelsea is all about. Yeah. But it was the structures that struck me. I mean, they didn't, but... But um, it was that that I remember yeah. best. The giant dragon, that was something. The archways of the roses, yeah. the concrete structures on the show gardens. Julia, how on earth do they do all of that? Uh, they have lots of help and they do lots of planning beforehand. So that's how it all happens. But we Elaine. never actually got to do any shopping neither, did we? No, no, that. no. Not only that, but we'll also hear from Tom, Tom Wilday from Leicester, about his company, Wilso. And we also talk about soil. We, we, oh, that yeah, was good. I yeah. really enjoyed that. And then we'll, uh, actually, we've got some uh, celebrities that we did scare quite a lot. Yeah, that's us banned from more people. It's your <laughs> fault again. And we'll talk to friends of the podcast, Lee Norbury and James Doran Webb. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk Last week we spoke to Lee Norbury and this week we're at RHS Chelsea Flower Show and I have the pleasure of talking to James Doran Webb. James, at Chelsea, tell us what we're under. Well, we're here at Chelsea Flower Show with Lee Norbury, who is my plantsman. Uh, this is our first collaboration, and we're seated under my coronation temple, which Lee planted up for the event. And it's been um, perhaps the easiest three-week build of my 12-year experience at the Chelsea Flower Show. What's actually made it easy, though, James? Well, it's the Derbyshire lad. It's Lee himself. He's sorted things out in his true grit style, and we've overcome numerous challenges and uh, we've done so in a way that's fairly organized I think we've done very well last year it was very barren it was very dry when we arrived this year I understand that it's been a bit wet it's been very wet three weeks ago as we arrived on site and it was uh, basically a well greenfield brownfield dare I mention uh, we are right on the borders of the huge pavilion and we had asked the RHS to scrape to a depth of minus 20 centimetres. And unfortunately, we had that torrential rainfall a couple of weeks back that dumped, it seemed to be, the whole roof of the pavilion load of water on our stand. So we were puddling around in 20 centimetres of water. It took us about six, seven hours to drain. It was a real muddy pit. And that's a shame, but it seems not to have uh, affected any of the structures that you've got here, which I will say are magnificent. You can see them as soon as you get down onto Main Avenue. There's a huge crown. 
There are galloping horses. And if I said it was a massive dragon, I don't think those words are perhaps the right words to describe what I've got in front of me. Well, the dragon is seven metres high, seven tonnes, and he's right on Main Avenue, launching into flight. So, uh, you know, Chelsea, you have to go big, and I think I've, I've excelled myself this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and it, it, the dragon's almost dwarfing the wonderful coronation crown, which rises up to four metres, behind which I have uh, two glorious monarchs that also rise up to the height of six metres. So this year, and it's just planted with the most amazing greenery. Um, so it, it's a little gem of a stand in a gem of a show. So Lee, you must be really, really flattered with what James just said, that you have made it so easy this year. Has it been easy for you? Surprisingly, <laughs> it's been, uh, despite what James says about the weather at the beginning, it did all come together and it's been relatively stress-free. Yeah. There's a few times when you're waiting for deliveries and they get sent over to parking, but it's just all happened and it's come together and it's a team it's all about james's knowledge of what he does with all his sculptures and then my knowledge of how to do planting and patios and everything else just you know and we've collaborated and it's it has it's miraculously it's all come together so we're here on construction day with you it's the last day so what are you doing now then just putting your feet up and having a beer no, I wish. <laughs> no, I'm still going round um, when I'm not talking to people, deadheading, moving the gravel about, moving bits and bobs, checking, looking at the jasmines, waiting for the jasmines to come out in flower. Um, just last minute details. Details, you know. So, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, and you've told us your mum's dead proud of oh, you. That, she, must, yeah. that must be worth everything. Yeah, it, she's, everybody's so happy. So how did you decide on the planting? Did you and, and James just sit there and kind of go through what you wanted to plant or is it just something that you came up the idea with and just said, right, this is what needs to work around what you've done? So it's, it started with the main theme, which is the blue festukas that run through the horses and various parts of the garden. And then the design has evolved, which a garden needs to do. And it has just, James has, he has left me to it. I've always checked with him what yeah. I'm doing and check, you know, but it's just evolved as we've gone on in the last few days. We've had a few extras. We've added a few little bits and bobs just to maybe bring a bit more colour in in places, but not take away from the sculptures. I have had almost had free reign on the planting, which is trustworthy of James. James, how did you get all of this lot over here? Because I understand that it's not been grown in this country and it's not from our beaches. No, it's not. Um, the wood, I, I live and work in uh, the Philippines, central Philippines. I've been there uh, since I was 18, which is uh, quite a few years ago, <laughs> a couple of years ago. And, and uh, that is where this fantastic wood comes from. So most of the wood that you see here is from one species of wood that degrades very, very slowly. So almost in all cases, the wood is more than 40, 50 years dead already. And uh, yeah, in answer to your question, everything's shipped over in shipping containers. The seven meter high dragon uh, comes apart. So the wings will come out, which each weigh 500 kilos, and then the tail comes off and the body comes off. And it just fits within inches into a 40 foot high cube container. And basically two or three containers uh, were filled to um, uh, to allow me to send all my sculptures over here. And what 
what's going to happen to all of these sculptures? I mean, I've got an allotment that one or two of the puffins would sit nicely in, but what actually happens to all of this? Surely you're not going to send it all back again. No, no, no. I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll bring the puffins over to your allotment. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> likewise, any, anything that goes uh, will be... Uh, I'll, I'll, I usually deliver myself and cite myself um, to the client's uh, house. In that case, I'll move me rhubarb in case you're going to land for a while. Thanks, James. Hi, I'm Jill Kerr. I'm the Group Relationship Manager for Blue Diamond Garden Centre Group. And you are with... Nick Jones. Hello. And I work for Blue Diamond also. The thing that's drawn our attention to you are, first of all, these giant Wellingtons that look like Wellingtons anyway. And also, we love all the logo and uh, the stuff that's all over this, which says, soil is the heart and soul of our planet. Now we go on about our soil and we keep going on about whatever you take out of the soil, you need to replenish. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think you're right. We, we need to make sure that people know how important soil is. So our stand here, RHS Chelsea, we're in partnership with the Soil Association. And the question on everyone's lips is why soil is so important. So, you know, there's so many facts I could tell you. I mean, one of the main things is it stores more carbon than the world's plants and forests put together. So that has a massive impact on the planet and climate change, just that fact alone. It's also, um, it provides us with 95% of our food. I mean, just imagine that. It's just incredible. It's the home for billions of species, both below and above ground. So, you know, that's three amazing facts just to show you in a nutshell how important soil is. How do you get the ordinary person to realise the importance of the soil and the quality that they're actually got, either on the garden, the balcony, their allotment, wherever it may be? By understanding what they can do at home, 87% of the UK has a garden. That's 10 million acres. And it's understanding what you can do at home um, and the importance of understanding what you can do at home. Just as a weekend warrior, you can grow green manure, um, which is hugely sustainable. Um, a massive resource um, and nearly free when you consider it's just a packet of seeds. And not everybody understands what green manure is. We've got brown manure, we've got ore smoke. Can you tell people what green manure actually is, Nick? So green manure are um, basically um, legumes and different types of plants that you can grow quickly um, with little or no effort. And basically they provide a source of compost whether you um, crop and drop so basically you sow where you're going to plant and then you trim it off and let it rot down and add its nutrient that it's already fixed in the soil but also in its leaves and its stems and creates food that way for plants that you are then going to sow or grow vegetables. And what does that do for the soil then? Improves the, improves the structure, it fixes um, nutrients in the soil um, improves the structure of the soil but more importantly it's it helps with erosion it stops erosion um, and also if you spent all summer fertilizing um, it will ensure that you don't have um, erosion and leaching of those um, nutrients from your soil so I notice on the stand that you've got a sign saying no dig, leave the ground as undisturbed as possible and you end up with fewer pests, healthier plants and a vibrant soil community. So are you promoting that as well, the kind of no dig movement? Because that is really taking off now, isn't it? is and it's it's um you know we're promoting nature friendly gardening you know companion planting 
use of less pesticides or no pesticides if you can get away with that like Nick said using green manures to fix the nitrogen and the nutrients in that soil I mean these are all important things for our pollinators aren't they you know so by not digging and leaving you know more of a wildlife nature you know your, your outdoor space open to nature it's got to be a win-win hasn't it for everyone and I noticed that you've got a composter on your uh, area here so you're encouraging people to compost as well how does that go down at the RHS Chelsea which is very kind of it's full of gardeners but it's all very showy and uh, will it will it draw people to your stall or not we're hoping the stand and the giant well is alone will draw us to a stand <laughs> to be honest I mean the the whole point of our stand is to tell you or to, to to give you choices in your garden I mean we want to encourage young and old we've got the giant well to encourage children you know if you've got an old pair of wellies or an old container why not plant some strawberries in there the strawberries are great for pollinators aren't they it's a bit of fun for children the home composter is again another way that people can save money big one for people using your whole uh, your, your kitchen household waste pop it in a, a compost bin once that's all decomposed and it's lovely and rich pop it in the soil again you've fed your soil you've got nutrient rich soil the cycle continues we've planted our strawberries in uh, bras is that something you've ever done well i don't think i have in bras no (laughs) the whole point about no dig for me is it's not just about not digging it's about upcycling anything really that means that you haven't had to dig a hole and plant into the soil so upcycling anything you have whether it's a bra a pair of wellingtons or a tire the point is um, growing in a raised area means you haven't had to disturb the soil and the whole purpose of composting at home for me really is that it's the very antithesis of needing to um, have a supply of compost to be able to grow above soil and create layers and it's about planting into those layers without having to dig down and affect and damage the structure of your soil so composting at home is something that you really need or really should be doing and i was just looking over you're also involved with the national trust you so yes right next door to our stand in the uh, discovery zone of the grand pavilion here at chelsea we've also got uh, blue diamond working together for the love of nature with our other their partner uh, the National Trust so this is you know gosh where do I start um, one of the most exciting things on the National Trust stand if you like is we're offering people through Blue Diamond the chance to bid for a very limited number of very rare trees which are the direct descendants of um, the apple tree that Sir Isaac Newton sat under at his home at Woolsthorpe when he discovered the theory of gravity I mean, how amazing is that? These are the direct descendants from that very tree at Woolsthorpe that the public can have an opportunity to bid for in an auction in September, but they can register their bid tomorrow and on throughout the show, register their interest to bid for these very special trees. What a story behind that. Have one of those in your garden. Uh, but the good thing, actually, um, which will benefit the National Trust is that Blue Diamond have pledged to donate a minimum of 25% from everything that's been raised up to 50%, depending on you know the amount, the auction of these. I think we've got 10 trees we'll raise eventually. So we're hoping for a substantial contribution to the National Trust. This is episode 19 of the Plotcast, our special from this year's Chelsea Flower Show. The Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. I feel incredibly lucky. I really am. I've been waiting for this and I've now caught up with Mark Gregory, who is basically the king of Chelsea. He's done that many show gardens. But this one, oh my God. 
goodness, I've died and gone to heaven, I think. I really have. It's everything I ever dream of <laughs> having. And Mark, tell us all about it. Well, firstly, it's very kind of you too, uh, and I'm glad you enjoy it. It's a big ambition of mine. It was a big, it's a, it's a really, really big build, and it, this has been in my head for a while. People love their detail of my gardens. People really engage, and I really like I I regard these gardens as theatre with plants, and I've tried to create... Uh, an old uh, a setting, it's a seasonal kitchen, it's an old wall garden belonging to a, a small boutique hotel that has a fine dining experience. And the hotel have built this so that the, the diner can actually reserve this and have a private party. The chef comes down and actually cooks for you and your, and your guests in this private space. And, and really for the first time in the history of Chelsea, uh, we are going to cook every single day and we're going to crop from the garden. We're actually going to take vegetables out, we're going to make pickling, we're going to pumice materials, we're going to make sauces. Uh, we're using a fantastic sustainable chef called Sam Buckley who is into foraging and into vegetables and growing. He loves it, he's in love with the garden already. And we're going to basically do that and then and literally serve a full lunch service. So they'll be going out and just selecting, the chef will be going out and selecting what is ready really to accompany that. Yeah, it? I mean the thing is, I mean Sam, we've worked with Sam and he's just absolutely the right chef for this garden. He completely gets it. I've been to his restaurant, he's had all our plant lists and it's a comprehensive list and he's done the research. But since he's come down last night, he's looked at things that we've put in, extra things and he's just like, oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't think I'd have this, I didn't have that. And he's so excited, he's changing the menus. So literally, he's, he's, he's in chef heaven, is what he is. But for, for, for the public to actually witness a, a top flight chef cut and then talking to them about what, what chefs want from vegetables. He's not about big vegetables, it's about you know, tips and, and flowers and edible flowers and companion flowers and so much stuff in here that I've really put in. And you know, to see the chef genuinely excited genuinely is really really up for this uh, i think i think it's a spectacle for the public last year when we came we were banging on elaine and i my my oppo that's somewhere stuck in that uh, big marquee over there yeah. but we were banging on about where are the edibles and we were kind of scouting around looking for them well they're full on on your plot aren't they and how does that fit with chelsea flower show because everyone thinks flowers but actually i mean we always say vegetables are beautiful you know some of the flowers on the broad beans and and all the colors that the vegetables have got but you've also got a lovely planted perennial area as, as well up here so how does it fit and will it be able to meet all the criteria well i think it meets it and then some i mean never have, as fresh food and, and well-being and finances and cost of living crisis and grow your own it's never been more relevant and most of the gardens that come here understand that and that they, they actually i think all my gardens, for the last, the, 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 uh, the Wensendale garden and the Lock Keepers garden, all had vegetables in. Uh, but uh, they, they, they were theatrical. This is a real functioning space. And I've really tried to be authentic as I can with the vegetables. I've labelled everything. Because if you're staying in that kind of, that beautiful gardening hotel, everything would be labelled. Yes. So, so that is for the theatre, but that's actually trying to get the message across. Uh, um, no, I think it's it's actually a bang on message. Uh, I think uh, I think the market, the guys in the marquee will come out. And they love it, and you know, yeah, I think I think vegetables are beautiful anyway. Actually, yes, they are. Uh, but when you start to play around with them, why why can't they sit in with other planting? Absolutely, absolutely, couldn't agree more. And it is it's a truly stunning garden, and it is my show winner. 
uh, no doubt about it because it has got everything that personally I would be looking for that we've got growing on the allotments and it is like a mini allotment but even more beautiful to us than that so what will happen to it afterwards okay so well sadly it won't stay here very long uh, only a, a sadly a week but all the all the vegetables I'm gifting to the hospital uh, for because the, they're all keen gardeners yeah. they're, they're all got allotments and so as much as they want to take is theirs to take the rest of the perennials will go to the chosen charity um, which is a children's charity uh, and this is all most of the garden and some of the construction some of the brickwork some of the paving is being relocated into their small garden that's fantastic you speak our language and it is truly truly beautiful so thank you very much You're i welcome. hope you've booked yourself a lovely holiday after this <laughs> i'm on to the next one my <laughs> my mind's racing for the next one hello you all uh, i'm steve Backshaw, and i'm here representing the rspca as their vice president no less oh if i'd got a trumpet i'd play it oh i love animals what a great thing to get involved in how on earth have you ended up getting involved in a garden though well do you know our garden is is very much themed around wildlife and about how we can all make a space for nature and we are as a charity about to celebrate 200 years believe it or not so we got given a garden here which is just amazing what's actually in it though let's describe it we've actually seen it i will say that steve but if you tell us what's there just, just as long as you don't ask me for any scientific names or no, anything. We no, we don't talk Latin, we talk English, but even then it's gobbledygook, so you go for it. Well, well, what I can tell you, I mean, I'd love to pretend that I planted it all myself. So we here in the UK have, have lost around 97% of our wildlife meadows. So kind of what we've done here is, is recreate a wildlife meadow in the way that you might do in your garden. So almost everything here is, is native. There's a lot of nectar-rich flowers. There's stuff that is already, even here in the middle of London, bringing in a whole range of different pollinators from, from bumblebees to, to beetles to flies to, to every all the good stuff that you want in your garden, right? Um, but the, the the big change for me is I'm not actually a gardener particularly but I've always kind of given the mantra that to encourage nature into your garden it needs to be wild and unkempt and, and messy and kind of like my garden and, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you come here and see this and it's got all the elements it's got everything you need but it's also beautiful it's also got the that aesthetic glory about it and it, it's quite neat as well I can see how you know it would appeal to, to people who who are gardeners first and nature second and I, I think that's really important where is the garden going after here? Has it got a new, new location? It, it has. Uh, I hope I don't get this wrong. It, I think it's Stapley Grange, which is in Cheshire. And the whole thing is, is being relocated there. One of the great things about there is, is that that's one of our reserves that really, really focuses on wildlife. So we get a lot of wildlife rescues. About half of our calls in the year are, uh, are for wildlife. And uh, one of the really nice connections is that we've got a gorgeous bronze bronze otter statue in the middle of our water feature in our garden here and that's going to our reserve which focuses on otters more than any other one. Oh. Have you told Steve about your great tits? <laughs> about your great tits? You've got a great tits haven't you? <laughs> she has. You see we don't really know him but already we reduced him to nothing didn't we? So yes I've got great tits and that's official but they're fledging this week Steve whilst we're here because we are allotmenteers we're not necessarily gardeners. Oh, yeah, so okay. we've got two allotments each virtually. We're next got... door to one another because no one else will have us. And it's commonly known as the naughty corner. So yes, my birds are actually flying as we speak. And uh, we were baffled as to how it is that a mother bird can deal with all of 
the babies at different times and still continue to feed some of them that are left yeah. in the box. No, it's absolutely extraordinary. I mean, they, you might have a, a female blue tit coming back to the nest every eight minutes and, you know, foraging, going out, finding caterpillars. It's another reason why it's so important to have the right kind of plants in your garden that are going to have those caterpillars on them. And I know gardeners hate them, but at the same time, vitally important. Uh, you know, all of these wild mothers and fathers are going about their yeah. business in our space and we have the opportunity to make it better for them and, and I think you know as someone for whom nature has been the most important thing in my life it's been the thing that gives back to me over and over and again far more than I ever put in and, and I think that you know I have the opportunity here in a small way to spread that message to so many people who are already gardeners I mean yeah. it, it's perfect you are infectious it's fair to say I mean that's that, not of anything in, particular in but <laughs> to be saying <laughs> <laughs> but you are infectious and I'm just hoping that we'll be able to spread the word to other people perhaps who haven't got a big garden perhaps who've just got containers nevertheless they can help with all of the insects the pollinators etc that could actually go to their little pots out there yeah no that's that's absolutely yeah. true you know I'm lucky I, I have a garden but a, a lot of people don't yeah. it, it is important to know that if you just got a window box or if you've got a plant pot on your front door that you know what you choose to put in that makes a difference Hi, I'm Tom. I'm the founder of Wilso, which is the first ever plantable children's book. I beg your pardon? You're planting a book? Yeah, you got that right. Um, so you read the story, then you put the book in the ground and it grows the main character. The seeds are embedded into the pages. That's a genius idea. That, what kind of things can we grow from books? Yeah, great question. So we've got carrot, which is our main leader. And then we have lettuce and basil, dill and parsley, which are the herb heroes. And then we're going to be moving on to cress and watermelon and tomato in the next couple of years. How did this idea come about, Tom? I don't know if I tell the truth here or not, but a lovely pint of Guinness. (laughs) (laughs) The best ideas are in the pub, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah. too right. But I'm I'm part of my family printing business, Will Day Printers, for 79 years. I'm the fourth generation and I love gardening. And then I just brought brought the two worlds together and, and we're here today. That's fantastic and I can see you've also got cards there. Are you yeah. doing plantable cards as well? Yeah, we've got some plantable cards there. We've got cards made out of elephant poo, cards made of grass so when you cut your lawn... Instead Hang of on, rewind, rewind. Yeah. Elephant oh, poo, elephant yeah, poo. It. What's You made a card out of elephant yeah. poo. Yeah, so 80% recycled paper and the rest of it is 20% elephant poo. So it's just a great way to get kids instigated. Kids are obsessed with poo. So it's a lovely way to get them inspired by not just a gift, the card now as well. We love poo too. We love smog. <laughs> Have you ever done anything with horse smog? Horse smog? No, but let's get in contact after we can do. Stop horsing around. Well, this is just brilliant. We feel like we've stumbled upon something we can really relate to here at Chelsea. So, um, and I understand you're in one of the categories, aren't you, here? Yeah, we're in the sustainable products of the year. So we're quite nervous. Um, My stomach's telling me otherwise at the moment. But four o'clock, get my suit jacket on and let's do this. What happens at four o'clock? Um, so we're going to the RHS suite and then we're pitching in bet- uh, towards, I think it's three judges, one being Deborah Meadham and two of them RHS, um, quite high up gangsters, I'd probably say there. <laughs> My goodness, it's like going in Dragon's Den then, isn't it, as well? So, whoa, all we can do is wish you the best of luck. What a fabulous idea. And um, I think we can talk about all smoke later. Let's do this. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Plotcast from Chelsea. Next time we'll find out what a nematode is. 
Don't forget to get in touch via all our usual social media channels. They're called platforms now as well. Did you know that? Anyway, clever, have, you been, have you been swatting? No, it just oh, made right. me think that was all. I didn't know what one was. I thought a platform was something that you stood on when you called a train. It is. Anyway, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Thanks well, for listening and subscribing. And yeah. if you haven't, you better. Bye for now. We're quite exhausted after Chelsea, <laughs> but we've got to get back to the plots. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media Production.